creating content that shows who you are and attracts the people you want to work with. My name is Trey McLeddy and I'm building my company, McLeddy Media, into the best real estate content marketing company in the world. Welcome to my podcast where I'll be teaching you everything I learned on how to build a better business and market yourself to get the right customers. Welcome everybody to the Micheletti Podcast. Here we have Brandon Fortino. He is a, another marketing agency owner. And today we're going to talk about the marketing landscape for 2024. We're going to learn a little bit about him and his journey in entrepreneurship. So stay tuned for some absolute gold from the man, the myth, the legend. Brandon, how are you? Doing well, man. Staying dry out here in California, you know? <laughs> dude it's it's wild we've had mo we have we've had more rain in the last week than i think we did in like the pe previous three months i think the previous couple of years i think <laughs> yeah you're probably right you're probably right hey man tell talk to me a little bit about yourself where you're at right now in life and in business yeah man so uh, a little quick intro for those of you uh here that are listening so i was uh, born and raised in jakarta I grew up there in indonesia came to the united states when i was about 12 to an immigrant family Went down to San Diego for school, first out of my family to go to college, studying business, uh, graduated, and uh, now we are here in the marketing agency game. So uh, what originally turned from a hobby to a passion to a side hustle to a business, uh, now it's kind of like doing that. Uh, originally started doing videography since I was 14 as a hobby. Learned it actually from a borrowed camera from one of my buddy, uh, not my, one of my buddy, and also from school at the time, uh, my high school, and uh, learned it that way. I learned it all through YouTube University. Went to college, thought I was going to go into corporate. Uh, I was doing corporate when I was in uh, San Diego State. So we work. I work in a digital marketing agency called Tenuity. Also work in a student loan company, both in the marketing side. Didn't really like it, and didn't really pay a lot of money either. So uh, I just said, hey took up this skill that I've, I've had and why not just put it out to the world and uh, it became a business what we know now. So that's uh, that's where I am. Nice, dude, that's wild. So you worked for a marketing agency prior? Yes, I did. Uh -huh. What was your job role there? So I was in the, uh, they called it Amazon support team. So we work with, uh, so the Tenuity is like a multinational like digital marketing agency. They do a lot of uh, paid advertising and creative uh, SEO, all that different stuff. They have different offerings. Uh, their clients are mostly a lot of like e-commerce. So when I was there, I worked on clients like Heinz Craft, like the food, you know, like the ketchup. Nice. Um, I worked on Liquid Death, actually. Uh, that was like a pretty fun one. But uh, we were on their Amazon team. So in Amazon, I don't know if you know, when you go and like search an item, say you want to go buy a blanket, the first couple of items that they show are their sponsored ads. That's, that's their form yeah. of ads, right? So my job was to make sure that the client's products show up in that like top three, uh, basically like top three uh, sponsored ad spots. So uh, we worked with like their, uh, at the time as it was their AI, but it's probably like a lot more better now because now there's like a huge surge of AIs, but that's, that's pretty much what I did there. Uh, we worked with their Amazon team and did a lot of backend. It's like very routine work of like, all right, you need to import this list, make sure all the keywords are being attached. When they search for this keyword, your product will show up. Or when they search with these keywords, your product don't show up. So all that different stuff is uh, that, what, what I used to work on. Got you. Was that more creative work or was it more kind of just logic-based thinking work? It's more technical for sure. 
uh, it's not as creative, I would say. It's more technical. I think from that from that position, what I learned is just the uh, the way the way advertising works, especially when it paid ads specifically. Like, you know, there's something called like the uh, it's kind of like kind of like in football how they have like the offensive playbook and the defensive playbook. So yeah, each each of these company like big companies like Heinz, they have those when it comes to their advertising strategy. So for example, right when an an aggressive playbook and you know like an offensive playbook would be when someone search what's a competitor to craft let's say like i don't know like let's say like what's that hunts is one sure there you go so like when, when you search for like hunts is like cheese your product the craft product show up that's called an offensive strategy right that's that way like when they're searching for your competitor your product is there a defensive strategy is protecting your own keyword of like all right if they're typing it Heinz, make sure that there's no other competitors that show up in their ad so basically we did a lot of like keyword searches it's very like grunt work vibe kind of like all right what are the the searches that people are doing import that into a book file book file put it into the algorithm make sure it's all like you know they checked it make sure it's like how many views they get not views searches they have and then once that we we put it into their advertising like slot. So I was kind of like a, I guess like a support to the media buyer, if that makes sense. You probably learned a ton about advertising, I would imagine though. I think so. I, I mean, especially in the Amazon world. Again, I don't really work a lot of, in, in Amazon, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I learned I learned a lot. I, I learned quite a bit in terms of like, I learned actually a lot about how to, an agency works. So, you know, we went on a calls with like some of the clients sometimes of like, Here's they they gave them the reports. I used to create reports for the account managers to, you know, plug this number in, plug this number in. They have their pretty little charts, you know, and every every other yeah. week the account manager would meet with like the Heinz team, like, here's our performance this week, here's our performance that week. It just like it just gave me an idea, like, okay, this is what an agency is. It's uh, you know, you you're helping the client doing these skill set that you have. So yeah. Did you take anything from that job and, and move it into your own business? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I legit like was like, I can do this. Now I just have to find the clients and then build the system. Cool, I'll do that. <laughs> you know, uh, nice. that's, that's how it all started. Yeah. No, that's awesome, dude. I think it's so important to have a a job where you can learn just some core, just some core things about how to start your business when it comes to like the systems and operation and back end. Because if you're trying to build that from scratch, that's like the toughest stuff to do. It's so good to have context. It, it definitely does. I feel like experience always is always good. I mean, I wish I had worked there a lot more. It was just like a couple. I just did that for like six months, you know, not, not even that long. So I can imagine what it would be like if I would work there longer, probably a lot more stuff, but I just took a chance. Yeah. Well, hey, man, it, everybody's journey is different and, and yours seems to be working out for you really well so far. Now, I, let, let's talk about it. So you, you started with that marketing job, then you decided to start your own agency and you've been doing that for how long now? So I had a video production agency uh, before my current agency. So that started in, I started doing that as a part-time thing, I'd say in 2020, like end of 2020. So yeah, I guess it's like almost four years, but at the time I was actually still in school. So the reason why I started just to make like extra income and uh, to pay for my own college, because again, I'm the first out of my family to go to school. So I had to pay for my own schooling and to make ends meet type of thing. I just started offering freelance services, I guess, if you want to call it an agency. 
And then in 2021, had a, a small team of four where we would just go into like different events, did like those event videography, event photography. We did like the San Diego Bay and Wine Festivals, some commercial projects and all the different type of industries. So that's, that's awesome. how I got started. And uh, yeah, as of 2022, the end of 2022, that's when I started the, the current agency where we focus specifically on helping people grow on socials. That's awesome. That's actually right around when I started mine too. What, what month did you start yours in end of 2022? Uh, so the idea and all the systematics, like we were kind of like thinking about it around, around October. I remember getting our first client in December. Nice. Nice. I started, I started mine in June and got my first client in August. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, okay. Well, I mean, first of all, that's a, that's a great journey. I, I can see some pretty clear progression from working for an agency to starting a kind of freelance type of agency where you're doing a lot of the work. And then now you have your marketing agency where you run a team and you help out all your clients. So you're probably doing a lot less of the work now. Is that right? A lot of the a lot of the grunt work, I guess, doing a lot more work that makes the biggest difference. I think prior to the call, we were talking about that, right? Like, uh, our time can be used to like what pushes the business forward. So that's yeah. that's what I try to allocate a lot of my time on nowadays. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So since starting your businesses four years ago, and especially focused over the last year and a half, what do you think is the most eye-opening part of entrepreneurship? Because I've talked to a lot of young entrepreneurs, and they all seem to have kind of different struggles. So what have been some of your uh, most eye-opening moments or struggles being so young in entrepreneurship? There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot that I've learned along the way, right? I feel like. How about this? Give me, give me your top, give me your top three lessons that you've learned, or eye-opening moments that you've learned since starting entrepreneurship. Uh, one of the biggest ones is you have to be out there. Uh, you, you, you have to, you know, own what you're doing, kind of thing. Like, hey, you're trying to make it happen. I think when I started shifting my mindset into that, like, I have control over this, and and I need to make it happen. I need to actually do it. I need to go to the event. I need to talk to the people. I need to, you know, go to these meetings and go to these coffees. Uh, I need to go to do the reach outs, you know. So that's one of the biggest eye opener. I think, you know, having have the control to do this. Like we can just talk about it and plan about it all day, but if I don't do it, like then if we don't do it, it's not it's not going to happen. So that's one of them. Yeah. Um, I think the second thing is like not being afraid to just uh, again, it kind of goes hand in hand. Like not being afraid of what people think about you. Uh, I know, like way back. Uh, that used to be a big thing for me, especially like posting on socials and, and all that different stuff, like telling people like, oh, like, I want to start this business or decide also like it could be like the environment that I was a part of that it was like not very supportive of that. You know, at the time I'm like, oh, if you wear a red jacket, bro, like that's stupid. Like, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Like, like, like don't, don't, don't stand out. Like, don't do that. Like, so all these environments are uh, factors like kind of hinder the growth. So for me, I had to like take myself out of that environment and to, to like, okay, this is this is what I wanted to do, and and I want to commit myself to doing this, so uh, I'm gonna do it. So not being afraid to, I guess, like for people's opinions, that's that's one of the big ones too. Uh, and then the last thing is honestly the biggest one is just getting somebody that's already done it or at least done similar things than you, or even can can get you towards the right direction, especially as like a young entrepreneur, like you know. Like even me, like I still have a lot to learn from a lot of more successful people than I am. Uh, I'm, you know, whenever I'm talking to someone, I there's always something to learn from them, whatever it is. So early on, I I, I keep that in mind 
in terms of which people do I need to meet and I can build a relationship with that, you know, I can be valuable to them, but also, you know, they can share some of their great knowledge and, and you know, wiseness into, into me as a their starting entrepreneur or business owner or whatever that looks like. So that's probably my top three, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. It does. Especially the, especially the first one. I think for me, it's the, it's the getting out there. And I think a lot of people that are younger can be afraid to do that because you may not have all of the knowledge that a lot of these other big dogs that have been in the industries for years and years have. So sometimes you might face a little bit about of that imposter syndrome, but it's so important, so important to get your name out there, to have people recognize you. And let me, let me, let me add to that too, that that's only in our head. A lot of people love to see younger people getting into the game earlier because it kind of reminded them of themselves back then. Like they wish yeah. that they started earlier. They're actually more willing to help you because, you know, these, especially, you know, if, if you're a person of good faith, good morals and good ethics, and you're really there trying to build value on us, all that stuff, right? Uh, if, if you, if you, you know, present that to people they're actually more likely to help you instead of instead of them like thinking that you you can't do anything type of thing so i think that's like a little uh psychological trick that you got to get over for a lot of people i had to I had to get over that myself too so yeah that, that has been pretty big too no i love it man i love it and i've heard different opinions around that as well i know i just had a podcast yesterday with a buddy and he was talking about he actually grew a beard so he would look older because he re he experienced the reverse of that where he's doing real estate investing and helping develop uh, apartment complexes right now is their business and he ran into a lot of people that would um that would not work with him because of how young he was they would make him they they, they wouldn't see him in a, in the same light as they would someone that's been in the industry for actually the same amount of time as he was, but older because he started flipping homes when he was, uh, when he was 15 or 16 and he did 15 of them or four, 14 of them before he even finished high school. So he's had more experience than a lot of the older guys did, but all they see is your age. All they see is that you look young. So he grew a beard to kind of combat that. But I've had a similar experience to you where I think it's, I, I received more admiration than I do, um, than I do people trying to push away and, and not respecting. So I find it interesting that you have that experience. Well, I can't grow a beard, so you know I'm kind of <laughs> that's, I'm at a disadvantage on that side. <laughs> hey, I, I'm with you, man. I probably could, but I, I can't. I can't deal with the growing phase. I'm like, I hate it. Cut it off. Can't handle it. Can't freaking handle it. Um, no, that that that's wicked, man. That's wicked. Now, in regards to the to the other point that you brought up, um, what was that? What was that last point that you brought up? And can you give me a scenario of that last example that you gave from the from the three things that you learned? Are you talking about the ones about finding the mentors? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let me take you back. This was 20, this was 2020 actually. Yeah, this was 2020. So when I first got started, um, I was in this virtual class because obviously 2020 COVID, right? Uh, yeah. I, I took this sales class with this one professor. Uh, he sold his company. I didn't know it at the time, but it was like multiple millions, like, you know, I think close to like hundred million type of thing. I didn't know it at the time. He's like this old dude, super chill, teaches sales. He's only teaching because he feels like teaching. And this, this is one of the best professor I've had at San Diego State, right? So nice. uh, he was having like, hey, if anybody want to have coffee with me, just let me know. And I, when I was like starting to do my freelance stuff, I'm like, okay, I think it'll be benefit if I, if I, 
take myself out of my day to meet with this with this guy. So I emailed him and whatnot. Hey, can we grab coffee, professor? And he's like, sure, of course, would love to. And this is obviously during COVID, so you know we have to wear like the mask and everything. But it was it was still it was cool that he he was able to meet in person. And uh, I was just basically telling him like, hey, so here's what I'm trying to do. I think I can. I think I have a pretty decent skill set at the time to 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 sell this as a service to people. I showed him some of the projects that I've done, kind of you know just on a one-off basis with with freelancing yeah. and stuff. So here's here's some of the projects that I've done, and I think. What do you think? Like, where where do you think I should go? Like, I just literally like put it out like that. Like, I was like, is this even something that I could I could potentially do? And he, and he looked at it and he's like, oh my god, like I really like this. It's really good. You're very skilled, whatnot. And meeting went really well. The next time we had that class, he shouted me out in the classroom. He's like, "Hey, by the way, like if you're looking for something else, Brandon here can can help you take care of these videography photography services." I'm like, "Cool!" Like, that's how I met my business partner, where I started my video production agency in 2021 because he he was in that class too, and he was like, wow. "Oh, Stephen Ozinski, like you know the name." He was like, "He shouted you out. Let's grab coffee. We grab coffee, obviously, and then um, you know conversation went from there." Uh, so yeah, so I, I guess finding mentors a lot of the time is just being able to just put out this, it's kind of say what you, what you want to get out of it. And, and sometimes it's okay to, to not know where, where you, you could potentially take it, but just putting it out there and where you would like to go or general direction of where you would like to go. You might not know the path yet, but you know, the, the vision, Hey, I wanted to get into real estate. I want to be able to, I don't want to be a realtor, but I, I wanted to do something that, I don't have to sell homes every day. Okay, there's something yeah. called real estate investing, for example, right? And they'll lay out the path for you. So being able to put it out there, I think, is is uh, one of the most undervalued things that young people can do. I wish I had done it a lot more with a lot more people, to be honest, back in school, especially. Uh, that way you can connect. But hey, like, that's, that's how it is, right? You have the rest of your life to connect with as many people as you can. So it, you will meet more great people. And then that that that's perfect. I think mentorship is key. And it's really cool to hear about how you connected with someone that was so high level and you found a business partner out of it. And um, that that's that's inspirational, man. And then in regards to making sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people as well, that's something that I come back to a lot where you might have received a lot of flack from people about the red jacket and producing content and doing that thing. Like, dude, I, I it's it's. I talk to beginning people in real estate, whether it's investors or realtors, about this all the time. I say, if you're going to start and you want to succeed, you cannot talk to people that use the market as an excuse. You cannot talk to people who constantly spew pessimism. You can't talk to people who use excuses instead of taking action. And that's... I, I believe in it so much. And it sounds like that you may relate to that as well, because when you're trying to start something new, I don't need to be told how stupid something looks. I need to be told, um, I, I need some encouragement. I need some encouragement. I need some tips on how I could do even better. I think people feed into pessimism. And I think that can oftentimes stem from even high school where a lot of the jokes were kind of just making fun of people and this and that. But once you get into the real world, like, man, grow up. This is real life. Supportiveness is, is, I think the number one key to success. And I think it's like a, it, it takes, it definitely takes like a level of perspective to, to get there. Right. Like yeah. it's like, uh, like business owners and entrepreneurs are like a different breed. Like I, I truly believe it because business is not for the faint of heart. Right. So yeah. um, I think, you know, sometimes I, I wish I've heard this quote a lot sooner. Uh, Hermosi said it, but somewhere along the lines of 
a lot of people that talk smack about you just people that are doing actually worse than you not better than you right people that are doing better yeah. you actually like knows what it takes to get there so uh yeah like i think for for those people that are in that situation and speaking to myself like from back then like i would i would say like get out of that environment as fast as possible and surround yourself with people like yourself people like people that are doing cool cool things you know and uh it's all right you can say cool shit on the on the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool good to know <laughs> yeah but no 100% man i agree i agree um it's it's about who you and it, it comes back down to the quote of you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with when you spend time around winners you become a winner because winners don't spend time around losers winners spend time around winners so if you're in a circle of winners then you know that they believe you're a winner so you should believe you're a winner as well and it means that you're doing some good shit and then if you're surrounding yourself around losers, don't think you're high and mighty. Even if you're a little bit better than they are, you're still around losers. So guess what? You're still a loser. You got to you gotta elevate yourself. You have to surround yourself with people who want to believe in you and support you and don't bring you down. People that elevate you. And that's not always through positivity and telling you, oh, you'll be okay. You'll do this. You'll, you, you'll be perfectly fine. Like sometimes I need to be told, yo, dude, time to step it, time to kick it up a notch time to go after something bigger. And I think that's that's really what you get when you get into a higher level circle. They're willing to be more candid and honest with you. Um, not from a, I want to make you feel bad point of view, but more so, hey man, it's time to grow point of view. Right. It's time to make you better. Hey guys, so just a quick break. I do this podcast to bring as much value as possible to as many people as possible. So if you're gaining value from this, I'd love it if you would leave a review. I'm growing this completely organically, aka no ad spend, so it would be a huge help. Appreciate you and enjoy the rest of the show. Exactly. 100%, man. 100%. Um, well, no, that's all That's all really great stuff. Let, let's pivot the conversation a little bit to marketing because you have been in marketing for a minute now. I mean, you you started in the agency, uh, then you went over to start your own video production agency, which is marketing at the end of the day. It's, it's videos to market to either uh, make yourself look good or when it went for weddings or if it's to generate more leads for your business. Now you're more in the video production end as well. What do you see as far as content trends are concerned in 2024? What should some people be focusing on if they really want to start producing content that performs in 2024 right now? Content that performs. I like that that you mentioned that last part. Content that performs. I think a couple of things. You know, I, content is such a broad term, first of all. Like, I, I'm a huge believer that videos is definitely still going to be king. Uh, the reason is you can connect with the person, you can see their face, you can even feel, you can hear, and it's kind of like all the different senses being activated, right? So videos is definitely here to stay, in my opinion. Um, some trends that are that I'm seeing happening is a lot of a lot of people are, especially these are from the Gary Vs and from the, the Hermoses, the, the people that are on the very top of the line doing these. Uh, I've seen them being more open to their like behind the scenes i think i think that's gonna yeah. be something cool that we see like this year like a lot of people want to see the raw stuff like what is the uh, we're gonna see like the the trend of vlogging come back i feel like i think it's a it's like the casey neistat era where you would just yeah. have a camera and just talk to the camera and just bunch us that that stuff up together so that's what i'm seeing it but i'm still like overall like 
people that do create content, it's actually like not a lot of people. So I think a lot of people, especially like video content specifically, uh, that's not a lot of people. And those who can do it well is even a smaller, smaller piece. Uh, yeah. Those who can connect with the audience, like posting for the sake of posting is not really, not really a good thing, in my opinion. Like you're just creating more noise, just like meh. So uh, I think being more intentional to your videos in terms of what you, what story do you want to get out of it? What is the purpose of us doing this? I think people just need to be more intentional when they do that. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I've thought about that a lot with my own content as well, because I fell in line with that. Oh, I need to produce content. Let me just produce content. And those videos flopped hard. And then I started just being really introspective. And I started thinking to myself, if I want these videos to do well, I can't, I can't force it. I can't force a message that I don't know or believe in. And I'm just kind of regurgitating information. I've got to believe in what I have to say. And, and I've really been more intentional with that, even through these podcasts on bringing on people that I can have conversations with that I actually enjoy on speaking about topics that I enjoy. Um, and I think it's that it, it comes back down to that word authenticity as well, because the vlog behind the scenes stuff, it's, you can't fake it. It's authenticity. It's authentic on what you're doing through the day. Um, and with intentionality, intentionally producing content that you believe in, being authentic in the message that you have to put out. So it's not just noise, but it represents you and your brand well. Because when you think about branding, it's the things that people think of when they see your face or hear your name. So when you're speaking, when you push your message out there, make sure that you're pushing the, pushing the message that you believe in. Um, so I, I, I see that a lot. And then in regards to like the whole, the whole content distribution thing, do you think that people should be spreading their attention across multiple different platforms when it comes to the video content? Or do you think they should be focusing just on TikTok short form, just on Instagram short form, just on YouTube long form? Like what should people be focusing on if they want to grow their business brand, uh, their brand to funnel leads to their business this year? Yeah, let me let me before answering that question, let me go back to the point All before right. we we got on that into that. Please, I think uh, to the point of authenticity, I think people needs to separate being authentic and not being prepared. That's you know, some people think of like, oh, me being authentic, I can just do whatever. I can just like put up put a phone up and just start talking about random stuff that I'm thinking about, right? I think you can still be authentic and be prepared at the same time. Uh, some of the most successful creators out there, they, they script their videos. They're still authentic into the content that they like to produce, but they, they script it so that they, they have the, the data or produce it in a way that it's, it's good storytelling, right? So I just wanted to add that into there because I think sometimes when people are listening to these, like, oh, be authentic right now, it's like being authentic is coming back on, like, and people start to associate it with not being prepared. Well, let's stick on that for a second because that that's really good. How do you how do you script a video and still produce it in an authentic way? Oh man, like there's, like th I think I, I love that question because we can learn from, for example, some of the best YouTubers out there. I just pull the name out. Think Media, Mr. Beast. Like you think Mr. Beast came up with like the ideas like on top of things, and they just like, all right, we have a shoot date uh, next week, and we're gonna shoot the whole thing. No, right? Like they, they don't do that. So it, it all starts with the idea. Like, what is your process? How do you get prepared into getting even the ideas? So that, and that takes time, right? That's, that's why agencies like us like to, you know, we take the bulk of the work to think about and research what's working right now, what people are, yeah. are currently searching for and have the idea ready to, to be produced, right? So having a process to acquire the ideas or even to, to think about what, what's entertaining, right? 
And then from there, you break it down. What type of videos are you creating? Uh, each each type of form, each type of medium have different formats. So if you're doing a long form, there's a format for that. If you're doing short form, there's a format for that. So fit it in into the specific formats, which that will go into that, that next question, right? Yeah. Um, once you have the format, then learn about the format because what is a hook? What is a, how do you, how should you break down the body of your video, right? How should you break down your call to action, right? So learn about the format and how to actually deliver these formats properly. How do you say the tonality within those? Um, so that's a part of the scripting. And even sometimes uh, if you're doing a more complicated videos on the, on the scripting side, uh, this is what Hollywood people use all the time. Like you, you start to think about as you write the script, what kind of shots that you want to happen during that 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 script section, right? If I'm, for example, um, and um, I'm about to cover a video on the homeless population here in San Diego. I'm just giving an example, right? Um, then I would add, okay, during the specific section, I want this to be the interview portion, and I want this type of B-roll to be in here. So being prepared so that when you do go on shoot day, you'll be all ready to go and be like, all right, Trey, let's hit it. Boom, first we're gonna do this, 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 this four hours, crank out two, three, whatever, how many videos, uh, and then have a reliable way to produce it that way. So the, that's pretty much how I would structure those 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 videos in terms of, uh, depend, again, depending on what formats you're doing. And uh, that's how you, I think, stay authentic. Staying authentic means like you want to do it. To me, being authentic just means like it aligns with what you want to do. It aligns with your values, it aligns with your interests. So. You want to talk about, I don't know, like fishing, for example. Okay, so now we're aligned with fishing. Let's talk about what content ideas can we create that's interesting about fishing, right? And then we, we structure the videos that way. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I think of when you think of being prepared but authentic, I think of Gary Vee's trash talk series that he did. And it was a vlog style. It was a it was a vlog style content, but it's where he went uh, garage sailing, and he would flip all of the all of the garage sale items. I mean, he came up with the idea. He came up with where he was going to go beforehand, and and how the general format of the video was going to look. But he was still authentic because he was still doing he was still doing the action. He didn't know particularly what was going to happen, but he knew where he was going to go. He knew the general theme of what kind of value he wanted to bring. So I'm 100% with you. It's important to understand the value that you want to bring to your audience. Prepare enough for it and then still bring that authenticity through something that you know a lot about and enjoy. And I think another key is like, if you want to do it more off the cuff and you don't want to, and you don't want to script it out perfectly, just understand the framework. And then talk about shit that you know, because then you won't have to script it a ton and you'll be able to you'll be able to rattle off great information. And that'll make it easy to pull some kind of strong opinion from, anyways. Exactly. And let me just tell you, some of the best content creators out there, they script their videos. It's it's a production. Like it's like TV. TV, even live TV script their video, uh, script their uh, broadcasts, right? Yeah. Like if you if you see live TV news, there's a script writer in the back that writes the news. The presenter just reads off of teleprompters. Mm -hmm. um and uh, i think content is at least video content specifically it's a not is is very similar to that in terms of the way to produce it and if you want to do it right and be intentional with it i think you can get a lot more done if you take the time to prepare for the videos yeah and it's also understanding what scripting means too because i think when people hear scripting they hear word for word exactly what you need to say that doesn't need to, that that does isn't always what scripting is right no no, it's not like, I mean, you know, 
there's uh have you heard of improv like the like, yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah like you know it's like you write about general basics of the things and and you improv it like as you as you go i think scripting provides should provide directions that's that's a key point in scripting it should provide directions and flow it doesn't have to necessarily be like word to word like what you said yeah yeah and that and i think that just understanding that basic framework will help people get over their fear of of scripting and that's something that i've that i've i've always tried to stay away from scripting content with clients but even that that even helped me just understanding scripting doesn't need to always mean word for word it's good to have a rough plan for what you want to accomplish and understand it rather than going in blind and and hoping that something comes out of it yeah, I mean, one of my biggest things from that mentor, uh, my first ever mentor, Steven Ozinski, my professor, was if 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 you're if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail, basically. So yes. you know, and I think it applies to everything in terms in 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 terms of media as well. So get some sort of preparation coming into it, and leave some room for for creativity as well. You know, yeah. so I think that's that's an important part. Like me and my clients, a lot of times, okay. They know the content, we plan the hook, we plan what kind of shots we're gonna get, and then we shoot it. And sometimes that body can look a little bit different here and there, but you know, at the edge of it, we kind of come in with a preparation of like, here's somewhat that we want to create on this. Like, you know, it's preparation really at the end of the day. Like, yeah. it's, like it's everybody, everybody does it. Traditional media, new media, it's, it's, and people always like when they hear that word, they're like, oh my God, it's like, I'm, I'm being like, I can't speak freely. Like, no, that's not what it is. You know, it's just, we got to come in with a plan. That way we can be more efficient with your time. That way we're not going to stand there for like two hours that you got. And we're going to figure out what to say. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's, that's, that's an issue I've ran into. I've had that yeah. happen many times. <laughs> and it sucks because you don't get any good content. You, you waste two hours and you get three videos. It's like, fuck, man. I could have been, I could have been, I could have been scripting. <laughs> I could have been coming up with a script and then we could have gotten eight times as many videos in half the amount of time. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, that's great stuff. Well, let's, let's go into marketing trends for 2024. Cause I think a lot of people like to hear about the practical advice and that's where we'll, and, and this will be the practical advice portion of this podcast. Where do you see content headed in 2024 and how can people take advantage to build their personal brand in order to funnel leads into their business brand, whether it be through schools popping up, generating capital, finding deals, or just generating leads in general? Yeah, I think first and foremost, they got to understand that content is a vehicle, right? So it's not, you know, especially if you're a business owner, you're using content as a form of leverage. So it's a vehicle to, for you, for your leverage. So that's, that's one thing. I think looking at it as a business owner, for me, this is kind of what I tell a lot of my clients as well, is like view it as what form of mediums are you trying to attack when it comes to this vehicle? Like think about you're going to get from point A to point B, right? Point B being like you have 100,000 followers, now your business is booming and now you have a lot of people that are going to reach out to you, right? How are you going to get from point A to point B? Okay, let's let's see the type of vehicles options that you got, all right? So you got the you got the Lexus, you got the Toyota, and you got say the Alfa Romeo, right? Whatever. So uh, the first is the short form content. So I see like okay, is this a form of medium that that I want to pursue? So short form content, as as you know, it's like a minute, minute and a half or less, very yeah. fast. You you achieve it that way. That's like you know, very fast growth, just crazy stuff, right? So short form short form videos is one type of vehicle, one type of uh, medium. 
long form video, I think is also there, right? Long form medium is, you know, your typical YouTube, five, 15 minutes, 20 minute videos. That's your long form, typically YouTube. That's, that's what you're gonna get. Or podcasting, right? Podcast is still pretty popular nowadays. I think there's, there's still, it's, I think all three of these vehicles will get you to your point A to point B. Podcasting, as you know, it can be just talking to other person or you talk to yourself, spread value, post it on, you know, pod, uh, you know the podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple Music, and even like social media is when you cut it up and stuff. Yeah. So I think when you look at it that way, now you can pick and choose depending on who you are, how you want to be more authentic, right? Which one do you prefer, right? You might you might go with the the long form uh, more. You want to take on take on that vehicle to get you to point B, and then you can or you can do short form, for example, and you do that to point B, right? And each of these mediums, I believe that they have different type of requirements, different types of format. So we can break it down here, and I think it'll be valuable for your audience. Uh, for example, the short form video platforms that's a minute and a half or less. You post it on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Facebook reels, right? Boom, get it to go. Create the videos, post it. I'd say I recommend at least posting once uh, every day. So that's kind of the minimum. That way you can test it, see which one works, which one doesn't work, and all that stuff. And if you plan it correctly, you can get that usually between one or two days out of the month. So block yeah. off those two days. You just create and plan. Boom, you're good to go, right? Um, the long form, obviously, is YouTube. Like if you want to do some sort of a long form, Typically, if you can do once a week, that's ideal. Some people also do like once every other week, depending on your type of videos that you're doing. I know there's uh, some people that I know, they do like investigative journalism. So they have to like get a lot of data. They have to interview a lot of uh, subject matter experts to craft their videos, right? So it takes a little bit longer to edit and to produce one video. So they do it once every two weeks, once every three weeks. But usually as a general to start, you can do like once a week, every week on YouTube, do three to five minute videos. And the key there is you have really good titles and really good thumbnails because if they don't click, they're not going to figure out your videos, right? Yeah, so 100%. Again, the format is very important. So understanding what will work within that vehicle right you're saying like yeah. if you're going to an alfa romeo and it's like oh it's, it's manual but you don't know how to drive manual then you're kind of screwed right you're like okay i don't know how to make this efficient i don't know how to get to point b uh, and podcast as, as you know podcast is very nice you can just do this talk in have some sort of uh rough body of what you wanted to ask that was that was very nice of you sending that over the past few days here's what you want to talk about and then from there, you post it on a lot of different platforms uh, like Spotify, Apple Music, get your RSS feed up. And uh, you can also chop it up and make it into short form videos. And you can post on all those platforms. So you can yeah. do like a whammy on the podcast. And you can even do that on the long form videos too. So uh, I think as a business owner, uh, once you figure out which vehicle that you want, then you can start thinking about, okay, how am I going to go to the next step with this, right? Because yeah. if you think about the marketing funnel, put like a little image here, a little funnel, right? Uh, content will just be up here, like getting people into your funnel and also getting yeah. people to know you in the consideration phase. Because if they yeah. see your videos every day, you'll stay on top of mind a lot more. It's like seeing Coca-Cola ads every single day for 30 seconds, basically, right? That's basically what you're doing with content. So uh, yeah, once you start to understand it like that, then you can start thinking about, okay, I'm going to you know, create a community or maybe try to host a workshop or webinar or whatever that looks like uh, for you to move those leads even even 
deeper. And depending on your the type of businesses that you do, that can impact what that looks like. I think if you are a lawyer, you want to do some sort of like a free consultation, right? Or if you are a real estate people, maybe you want to do like a community event because it takes longer to buy a real estate than if it's like a lawyer. So um, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. That was a that was a very deep, in-depth guide to how to get started in content. I think my if, if I had to add one thing on top of that, if you want to start to diversify yourself and get into content redistribution strategies, you can redistribute those things all across the board. Podcast, you can c- turn into both a YouTube and short-form content. Short-form content, I've seen Gary Vee put together his top 15 favorite short-form content videos and just stack them one after another and turn that into a long form YouTube video. YouTube videos, you can clip that into short form content. I've seen Gary Vee do something similar where he'll get like a conversation that he had with somebody during one of his vlogs, clip out the audio and post it as a podcast. So if you want to go even a level deeper to redistribute the material, think about how can I turn this into different types of content and how can I make it perform? So that's probably my, uh, the, the only other thing I would add on to it. Otherwise I think you crushed it with that, with that explanation. I totally agree with you. And I think it's it's good that people also setting up their expectations as well, right? Yeah. So for example, if you have a podcast, like especially if it's new, nobody has listened to it yet. If you just post it on Spotify, don't don't think that you're going to get like 10,000 listeners in your first month of posting a podcast, right? Um, you might be able to get that if you just post a really well done short form, right? But with the podcast, you need to do an active work of trying to get people to watch it. Uh, uh, Spotify released a, a data from last year that 50% of people, they discover a new podcast through another podcast that they're already listening to. So if you if you want to grow a podcast, get on other people's podcasts, for example, right? So yeah. uh, that's just kind of like my two cents too. Like I think clients, or not just clients, everybody that wants to create content should have a realistic expectation. So what, or not, you know, get an expectation of what they want to get. What is the actual metric yeah. that I'm doing to track the performance of this? Like, if you get 20 active listener after your first month, I think that's like a pretty huge win. Oh, that's a good win. That's 20 people listening to you, man. Fill room with 20 people. Or a, for like a whole hour too, or whatever, or 30 minutes. So um, yeah, sometimes what I notice with conversations with a lot of people, there's a lot of knowledge gap when it comes to a digital side of marketing. So uh, yeah, that's my two cents on that. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, thank you so much, man. Uh, that's all we have for today's podcast. We learned an absolute ton from you on how to start your business, some of the things that you went through, some of the things that you experienced, and talked through some of those things. And then also in regards to starting your content journey in 2024 and how to scale it. So I really appreciate all of the practical advice and all of the just general entrepreneur advice that you dropped today. Um, and you can, and anybody who's listening, you can go follow this man at Brandon Fortino on Instagram and I believe all the other platforms. He's an absolute killer. If you want to learn about marketing, if you got want to if you want to see an example of great content, go give the guy a follow. But thank you so much for jumping on today, man. I appreciate all the gems that you dropped. Thanks for having me. And it's at Brandon.Fortino. There's a at Brandon.Fortino. Hey, listen listen to that portion. L- don't ignore what I said before. At Brandon.Fortino. Yes, yes, yes. But thanks for having me. I mean I love connecting with other marketing experts like yourself as well. I think there's always value to learn from each other. You know, 100%. there's a lot of different ways to be successful in this industry. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me.